Listening to Cranked and Ranked. <laughs> You're gonna die. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. Welcome to Cranked and Ranked, the podcast where me and Eddie Sparks. Oh, my name is also Old Head. It's not also Old Head. It is Old Head. This shit the bed real quick, didn't it? Shit the bed. This is uh, uh, for those of you who are new. A podcast where uh, two complete dumbasses rank uh <laughs> rock and metal related things and today we are going to be uh ranking another band discography but before we get into that um introductions out of the way my name is steven or you can call me old head with me as always mr eddie sparks hello sir otherwise known as the annoying british guy that brought up politics in the <laughs> misfits episode <laughs> <laughs> well he got the first part right no yeah <laughs> Um, anyway, so yes, uh, we won't, we won't be doing any of that today, right? Right? Well, if it comes up, it comes up. You're all just going to have to put on your big boy pants and deal with it. Um, today we are going to be ranking the discography of Guns in Fucking Roses. Um, yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and this is a special two-parter. And many of you over there, over there, over there in your in your <laughs> in your lounge chair listening to this, you're thinking to yourself, you take the pipe out of your mouth for a second and you think to yourself, wait, there's discography is not very big. How is this going to be a two parter? Well, let me answer that question for you. What we're going to be doing is a special part two. today. We are ranking the discography, all of the full length albums from Guns N' Roses. Next week, part two, we are going to do a special that we, uh, uh, because of the genius of Mr. Eric Smith out there on uh, the YouTubes, um, we're going to start doing a thing that we call Slashed and Mashed. And what that is, is we take a double album or two corresponding albums and we hack out all the shitty songs and then mash it together into make one great fucking album and uh i'm sure there was some english that wasn't quite on par with my normal uh (laughs) lovely speaking voice but i don't know i i get lost in my words sometimes but yes we're going to be doing that particular thing to use your illusion one and two we're going to take out all the things that we think are filler and put them together in some kind of order that makes a great one disc although they're both double albums on their own so it's still going to be a double album it's just going to be one (laughs) double album that's just called use your illusion but that is not until next week folks today we got to get the real meat of this shit done we got to talk about the guns and roses discography and as usual as we usually do i just said god damn it hold on let me get a drink of coffee All right. I think I think it's starting to kick in. Usually we talk about where we came on board with a particular band that we are talking about. Um, This one goes back a long way for me because I was one of those kids that got into Guns N' Roses when Appetite for Destruction came out. I 
ended up getting Appetite for Destruction as a Christmas present and uh, when I was in the fifth grade. So this would have been 88. Yeah, in 1988. So it came out in 87 and then, and then um, Christmas of 87. No, fuck, I don't remember. I don't know time. Um, <laughs> anyway, sometime in 88, <laughs> I got, uh, I know it was Christmas because I remember my parents bought me uh, three cassette tapes and they were packaged together. Um, one yeah. was Bon Jovi, New Jersey. Uh, nice. The second was Def Leppard, Hysteria. And awesome. the third one was Appetite for Destruction. And Rad. although I love Hysteria, I listened to um, Appetite for Destruction way more. I was obsessed with Appetite for Destruction. Um, it was so different at the time. It. I loved it. Yeah, it was, yeah, and it felt like bad like bad boy music. I was being a bad boy by listening to yeah. Appetite for Destruction. Like, and like um, Poison would say number one bad boy, but they they 100% weren't. <laughs> they were like number 82 bad boy or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were far down the line. Which is weird but, to think. Like uh, yeah, Slash so eventually, was almost in Poison. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, I thought everyone was almost in every band at that point with yeah, all the true. all the '80s <laughs> bands. But um, yeah, and so I I became a really big fan, and of course I got you know GNR Lies when it came out, and I was really excited about User Illusion when it came out. I was I mean through all of that shit, I was a big fan, um, and you would say that I still am today. Um, uh, I'll get into my thoughts about more recent stuff when we actually talk about the more recent things or thing that uh, have come out in the Guns N' Roses camp. Um, but first, Eddie Sparks, how did you get turned on to Guns N' Roses? I'm assuming you were in a department store and Sweet Child of Mine came on the speaker and you said, <laughs> Mommy, Mommy, there's an airplane up in the sky. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, f- funnily enough, this is, one of those, this is one of those occasions where it is a combo of having already known a, a few of their songs already, but it is also largely in part to the appearance of Welcome to the Jungle on the GTA San Andreas soundtrack. So this is a San Andreas band ah, for me. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that is a <laughs> hell of a fucking introduction, man. That that song, that's that makes... I mean, I... I, I like, I understand it's 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 been played a lot now, but back in the day, it was like if you heard that song and you and it didn't do something for you, I feel like you weren't really even alive. Like you know, check yeah. your fucking pulse, man. Like there's there's some songs that I'm a little bit, you know, like I, yeah, I've heard it. I know how it goes. I know yeah. I know this one. Yeah. But welcome to the jungle is is not one of them. Oh, it's, it's, it's that's great. one of those. Yeah. So does it so, get old? Yeah, no, it does not get old. Um, so yeah, so let's let's what we're doing is we're doing seven albums. We've just we've split up. You know, User Illusion one and two are being treated as separate albums, and um, and we're also treating Lies as an album, even though it's two EPs put together. But it doesn't matter. It's it it, it makes up a full length. Um, did so I we're do a ranking, little bit of a? Did I do a little bit of a cock up? <laughs> why? What did you do? I've got I've got six albums. I've got Appetite, both the Use Your Illusions, Lies, Spaghetti Incident, and Chinese Democracy. Did I forget one, or is that wait? Is that hold on, no, hold got? on. Say them again. Appetite, both the Use Your Illusion albums. Mm-hmm. Lies. 
you're, spaghetti incident. You're, you're right. It's six. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> edit, edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> All right. Take, from here on out, we're, we're, we know what we're talking about. I'm sorry about that, folks. Yes, six. That's okay. Six <laughs> albums. Woo! Six! The number of the piece. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get started since we've been cocking around so much. Um, I feel like that's a British term. Is that a British term, cocking about? Like, if you, is that something they say over there, or is that another country? I've heard dicking about. No. Uh, but to be honest, you could put cock, cock about, cock up. Really, like, any Let's make, any that, a, let's make that a thing, yeah. but just between us. We're quick cocking about. Cocking around. I like it. <laughs> All right, so bef- no more cocking around. Now we're going to jump right into it with Eddie Sparks's number six, Guns and Roses, album okay so my number six is chinese democracy okay from 2008 the at this point the most recent guns and roses album yep uh first album in 15 years and was recorded over the span of 10 from 97 <laughs> yeah to it was 2007 an yeah like this thing this thing happened over 10 years and it shows because some of the songs, like, some of the songs could have been in fucking Tomorrow Never Dies and then some of them could have been in the fucking Transformers movie. Like, <laughs> you know, that, that's how I've been looking at this thing. Um, so, yeah, you got Chinese Democracy. It's kind of a generic modern hard rock song. Shackler's Revenge. Someone listened to Dig by Mudvayne. Because the opening is pretty much burr, burr, ding, burr, burr, ding, burr, yeah. burr, ding. Um, uh, yeah, saying he, this album he did, was late to the He didn't know party. how iconic the burr, burr, ding would become. Oh, I, I don't know. Part of me thinks he was like, oh, that's good shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Have you heard that um, burr, burr, ding song? Can we, let's do one like that. <laughs> Um, I only want to see I only want to see Mudvayne if when they play that song they they announce it as Berber Ding because I don't even oh it's called it's called Dig right is that what it's called yeah I just want them to be like next one is Berber Ding and then (laughs) and then they start doing the Berber Dings hell yeah it's just fun to say Berber Ding Berber Ding (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of addictive actually yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, next next up we got better Um, to be fair. Axel's vocal melodies are good, but and like at points, his vocals aren't as touched up as others. But there is some there is some pitch correction going on here in yeah. this album a lot, and it and it takes away. I think. Um, and I think at that point, it's it's hard to tell in two thousand eight if they whoever was producing the album didn't quite know how to use the technology properly mm. or since there's so much of a of a of a, an industrial kind of influence on some of the stuff on here maybe he just yeah. decided to leave the vocals that way cuz to the to the normal ear you can't even tell like there's all there's all these people i made i made a fucking video has it been like five, four or five months ago where I do yeah. where I do the Miley Cyrus covering Metallica, and they use pitch correction on there. It's real light, but it bothers me because some singers absolutely don't need it, but they do it anyway, and it annoys mm. me. But people are still commenting on that video months later, like I don't hear any auto tune on that. I'm all like, I, I'm sorry that you don't, but <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm happy <laughs> that you don't, 
but I'm not happy that I do. And again, I do hear it a lot on this album. I think it takes a pretty seasoned music listener to pick it up because to, to most people, auto-tunes is, is this. <laughs> yeah, like really, yeah. really instant changes when in actual fact it just kind of keeps it at a perfect pitch. It, it Like there's no, it's not so much that it wavers around like a robot on purpose like rappers do for example well i think that because of that yeah. first of all when you say autotune autotune is a name of a particular software so that's that yeah you know, but that's the catch-all name that people use but autotune like has settings like you can use it on a very light setting mm. or you can crank it all the way up like t-pain and that's that's that is when you get the autotune that everybody knows that's a, that's a yeah. very different thing it's just the it's the overemphasis on things being perfect is the issue. Which is, that's yeah. what's, I think that that's what's, I, I don't have a problem with that in pop music or in, even in hip hop necessarily, but for, for rock music, I'm just like, unless you're, unless your whole ordeal is incorporating electronic elements and things like that into your music, or maybe you're a proggy band, that's cool and all maybe. But other than that, I'm all like, just steer clear of it. How about just do the vocal take a few times so you get it right, huh? Maybe do yeah. the work for a change, motherfucker. All right, yeah. go ahead. Nice boys don't play rock and roll, people. <laughs> That's true. I'm not a nice boy, and I never was. Nice. <laughs> um, noise. Noise. Uh, what have we got next? We've got uh, Street of Dreams. Uh, yeah, the auto-tune on the vocals here was pretty garish. I can't lie. Uh, if the world... Would have been in a late '90s spy movie, like I said. <laughs> I really like that song. Yeah, um, there there are a few standouts, but uh-huh. overall, it it runs a bit long, and it is a it it's somehow scattered and generic a lot of the time. At this like in this weird non cohesive way, mm-hmm. like there was a time is pretty generic, and like this is where the fatigue starts to set in, you know, Catcher in the yeah. Rye. Again, the auto-tune on the vocals is a put-off for me. Scraped is a cool, heavy song. Um, Riyadh and the Bedouins is a funky, heavy song. Mm-hmm. Sorry, in fairness, is like a slow, Sabbathy ballad, and it's probably my favorite on the album. Um, IRS, this is where I really tuned out towards the end. Madagascar, the album Fatigue, had finally consumed me this i love had a great guitar solo but the rest i didn't really care for and uh finally prostitute like this album is way more of an axel rose solo project anyway yeah and it it just it doesn't have what i would come to guns and roses for and i think it suffers a lot from the generic kind of production and songwriting really yeah. yeah, even though like the the musicianship is really good. I mean, Christ, they've got a roster of incredible guitar players on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just I I feel like it just doesn't translate having been done over such a span of time and not a lot of it being very very memorable. Yeah, yeah. I I, I do have to say that doing this ranking and going back and revisiting this album has actually given me a better appreciation for it. Um, that being said, it still winds up being my number six anyway, <laughs> but, uh, so our first match right at the beginning, um, I have a feeling we, we may match the entire way. I don't really know, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, I have to, I, I have to throw this out there though, out of all of these things, I, there's not a bad guns and roses album to me. Um, hmm. 
because I, I agree with a lot of what you said about this. It, do, it is a little bit bloated. And some of the I feel like he could have used a, a producer to come and edit a little bit. But really, yeah. if you're following up, the last actual album that you did was Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. The idea of editing has been thrown out the fucking window. So yeah, true. I get I get why <laughs> this album is what it is. But um, all I remember is when this first came out, when they pl- when they premiered the, the song Chinese Democracy on, I was actually, I remember it was supposed to be on the radio. This is 2008. So, um, you know, your, your, your online music wasn't as easily available. So I'm all like, all right, I'm going to listen to the fucking radio and listen to this new Guns N' Roses song. And all I remember is that You've been gone for what year? What year was Spaghetti Incident? 95, 96? 93. 93. Holy fuck. All right. So it had been, it had been a while. And this is an album that everyone had been waiting for. And you literally come out of the box with like one of the most generic sounding riffs that you could yeah. put in a song is the way that the Guns N' Roses comeback happens. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 as a whole, it's not a bad tune, but that riff... It's nothing special. Who the... Like, yeah. like, that's the thing. A lot of a lot of older bands that are still going, I appreciate the ones that still pull out some riffs that make me go, yeah, because most of the time... It's literally just bands doing like or something that you've literally heard a hundred thousand times, and they're like, "Here's our new song," and I'm like, "No, it's not very new." <laughs> there may be there may be a new combination of the riff with words and and everything, but no, nothing new about this at all. Um, so anyway, so with so I, it was a little disappointing. So I didn't buy Chinese Democracy when it came out. I was like, ah, I'll wait till later and download it for free from the internet, which is what I ended up doing. Um, you know, probably a little bit later, probably around the same time. I don't know when. I don't know how quickly I got really hip to the whole world of uh, of like Soul Seek. That's my that's my uh, that's my tool of choice. I'm not trying to tell you to go illegally download music, but you know, <laughs> sometimes you can't find shit anywhere. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, it, it essentially took 10 years to make this album, and a- Axl Rose is the only original member. Now, you do have Dizzy Reed on keyboards for most of the album, and he's been in the band since Use Your Illusion, so at least he's yeah. still an OG gunner. I- I'll give him OG status. I- I'll give Matt Sorum o- o- OG status. Um, but I think the the problems with this are... A few of the songs could have been cut. And I think in 2008, incorporating electronic elements and industrial elements was so overdone already. Yeah. And at that point, it it seemed like it was the crutch of the out-of-touch 80s rock star trying to be relevant. Like, that's what they all yeah. did. Oh, no, now we're doing industrial. Like, no, no industrial was in the 90s too, dude. <laughs> it's like, it's not <laughs> it's not now anymore. Um, so it always just feels like, you know, like you say, hey, fellow kids, we also like industrial. Like, that's what that shit always <laughs> reminds me of. Um, and the pitch correction is a little bit annoying on certain songs. I, but like I said, this album's not <laughs> bad. It's just missing something. And yeah, and honestly, the thing it's missing is Slash. To me, if yeah. if it doesn't have Slash on it, it is not a Guns N' Roses album because the combination of 
Axel's voice and his, you know, songwriting style. Now, now he did. Now it does help if you have the other dudes in the original guns to help collaborate on songs and then Slash's guitars. Cause like Slash can put a fucking solo on a song that can all of a sudden make an okay song pretty fucking great. Like that, you got to give yeah. him some credit. Like he's not the most technically virtuosic kind of guitar player, but he's one of those dudes that just like, he knows how to fucking play his shit and make, he's like, you, you need a, sh- a solo. Don't, don't worry. It's going to be tasty. And that's, you know, that's what Slash yeah. does. And I just like, I like his guitar style. So without that in Guns N' Roses, it just, it feels like half of the band is gone. And in this case, more than half of the band is gone. Now, I will say there's some standouts. I think If the World is really is really cool. I, I love that song. Um, and yeah. I also like that Raiden the Bedouins song. I think that's awesome. Honestly, a lot of the songs I like more are later in the album. But then just like you... There are also songs near the end that I kind of go, whoo, they could have cut that one out. But um, but it's still it's it's still a fine album. I think the problem with it is putting the name Guns N' Roses on it. Um, if yeah. it if it was if it was an Axl Rose solo album, I think maybe it'd have a better reputation. Um, I don't know how hardcore Gunner f- fans feel about this album. I've not ne- I've not really ever looked online because I don't. Um, I, cause I know there are people that are probably insanely hardcore Guns N' Roses fans and I, uh, I'm assuming they like this album, but I don't know if maybe they have the same kind of issues that, that we do. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I did a little bit of looking around just to confirm my suspicions about the pitch correction and it seemed to me like they either, like uh, the people I found, they either didn't want to admit that it was there yeah. or just didn't notice well the it, the argument you know. that a lot of people like to make is that he doesn't need it and i'm like that's fine needing it is one thing the person engineering the album putting it on there is a different thing like that's yeah and that's i mean it's it's but whatever it is what it is um but this album definitely has its great moments but the build-up and all the drama surrounding this album it needed to be a lot more exciting there needed to be a, a big payoff once it finally came out and and there wasn't. It was just a pretty good album, and yeah. um, definitely didn't live up to any of the previous Guns N' Roses albums, in my opinion. It's just a. Uh, I, I I appreciate it for being an, an ambitious album, but it's an ambitious album that sometimes succeeds and sometimes falls flat, and that doesn't make a very entertaining listen if you're, you no. know, especially when you're rooting for an album to be cool, and then another part comes along where you go. Woo! All right, there's a, there's another one. <laughs> so uh, so yeah yeah my number eight is also Chinese not number eight my number six. God <laughs> damn it! What is going on with numbers? It's because it came out in two thousand eight. Okay, he's on shuffle today, people. Yeah, Don't worry. Two, number okay. six, our our joint number six. I did not smoke a joint. I w- would like to, but I did not before this show. Um, our joint number six is is a. Uh, uh, what's that? What's that album called? <laughs> Chinese, Chinese democracy. democracy. <laughs> and now let's move on to number eighteen. I mean five. <laughs> okay, so my number eighteen. I mean five <laughs> is uh, the spaghetti incident. Nice. Um, it's a covers album, so I didn't do a full track by track for this one. Yeah. But I I did mention the most notable moments that stood out 
to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right out of the gate, I've got a funny story about uh, Since I Don't Have You. Okay. Uh, which, it's a nice cover of the Skyliner song, uh, but the funny thing about it is my mum loved both versions, but never cottoned on to the fact that they're the same song until one day they both came on shuffle on her iPod in the same hour, and she was like, hang about. Wait. Wait. Yeah. She didn't yeah, she, know she, that one was a cover she, of the other? Yeah, she just She just thought noticed. they were two songs that she loved, and she never thought about the connection between the two. No, no, she just she just never gave it any thought. Like, <laughs> which I thought was crazy, but... Yeah, stranger, stranger things have happened. That's, that's, that's um, true. You can't, you can't get away with that with someone like you living in the house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mom, let me sit you down. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, honestly, there, there was like about three years that I had to, I had to really hammer at home that the Twisted Sister song goes, "We're not gonna take it." It's not, "We're not gonna make it," <laughs> because the thing is. I, I Early said in their her, career, was, it was we're not going to make it. <laughs> the, yeah, the thing is, I, I said to her, look, I get that you like to sing songs your way, but the thing is, this is drastically altering the tone of this song. It goes from an anthem to an absolute <laughs> dirge because it's like, it's, it's a bummer. oh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> It, it totally changes it. One letter fucks the whole song. I mean, really, yeah. if you think about it, if you give them a few years, it's we're not going to make it anymore. So they could, I mean, that, <laughs> it, it, eventually they weren't making it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so yeah, that's, um, that's since I don't have you. Uh, down on the farm, I thought, because I'm a British guy, I'd bring it up. Axel's British accent on this is hilarious. Yeah. I love that, I love that he did it <laughs> because it's brilliant. Um, Buick McCain slash Big Dumb Sex. I love Soundgarden's Big Dumb Sex from Louder Than Love. Yeah. It's one of my favorite Soundgarden albums. Go listen to our Soundgarden episode. And really, it's um, only like the last 30 seconds of this song. Yeah, but it's that hook that everybody loves in that song. Yeah. Hey, hey, I know what to do. I'm gonna fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck oh, you. Oh, okay, sorry. I didn't, I didn't know how we were doing it. <laughs> it's okay. We, I'll forgive you. I don't even know uh, why I did it high pitch like that. It's not, uh, I guess, <laughs> I guess I was trying to sound a little bit like Chris Cornell because his voice is way higher than mine. It's, it's the, it's the cranked and ranked version. Yeah. So it's the, <laughs> the remix. It's the, it's the remix. cranked and fucked version. <laughs> uh, and then finally, I, I wanted to bring up the uh, controversial inclusion of the Charles Manson track, yeah, Look the, at Your Game the, Girl. The secret hidden track. Yeah. If you didn't know, Charles Manson fancied himself a musician and recorded, yeah. I, think more, I think, multiple albums, didn't he? Yeah, I, I, th- I think so. I'm actually very intrigued to find out if he's on Spotify because I, I'm, the thing I'm is, guaranteeing you he's not. I don't think anyone wants to distribute Charles Manson's music. I know they did back in the day on some bootleg CDs, but I think that was it. Well, the thing is, I did, I, I kind of went down the rabbit hole of disgraced artists that did terrible shit. And it turns out Gary Glitter has a functioning Spotify page. Wow. And I'm, uh, well, a, yeah. a lot of people probably just, oh, he plays that song that they play at sporting events and they don't know yeah. anything about him. Like, are we going to ruin everybody's good time just to be like, oh, by the way, uh, you may want to look into this guy. 
Yeah. Because they don't call him glitter some... for nothing. <laughs> but yeah, um, Spaghetti Incident covers album. It's it's good fun, but, you know, with everything above it, I, I had to put it at number five. All right. I, I also put it at number five. We're matchy again. Um, nice. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, it's going to unfold where we're going to match all the way. We're just going to roll out <laughs> like a, like a fruit roll up or something. I don't know. That's the first <laughs> thing I thought of when I said rolling out. Um, yeah. Um, this is another album that I don't really ever listen to. Um, I've heard it a few times mm. and I do enjoy it. Um, I do have to say that like every time I, I, think about this album i always just think about how i've never been able to spell spaghetti properly <laughs> like anytime i gotta put spaghetti on a grocery list like even the phone is like what word are you trying to type I'm like i'm trying to type spaghetti <laughs> anyway um so it's a covers album obviously we just talked about that and like it's the last of the initial like guns and roses run like sure yeah. it doesn't still doesn't have the appetite for destruction lineup but i kind of feel like you know they they had a momentum carrying them where they did albums and tours and albums and tours and then this was the end of that yeah the initial run of guns and roses now i think it's pretty fun but only because i think it's real it's classy the way they threw it together because it's clearly mostly songs that were a direct influence on them as a band and yeah. I like that. I like the fact that every single one of these songs, I can hear something that I go, I can see that this is a song that they enjoyed and they took a, a vibe or or something from this kind of stuff for some of their music. And the production style is fucking great. And that's because it's still Mike Klink and some of it was recorded at the same time as, as uh, Use Your Illusion. Um, so it's yeah. still got that big old, even in the 90s, that big old 80s production. But, but pretty damn... It's not it's not overdone. Like I think it sounds really good even today. Yeah. Um as as covers albums go, this is one of the better better ones. I know most of the time we talk about covers albums and my reviews usually fuck off or this is horse shit <laughs> or whatever. Um but this one is not. This one is it's got a, it's got that GNR vibe and um I it's great. Like it's you know, I, I it's not something that I'm going to go to to listen often, but um I I like what they did. Um, it kind of sucks that that's the way that they left it off, but it's also, it also makes some kind of sense because like the band was kind of falling apart <laughs> and it's, I, it's almost like they just had some covers they were going to put out. They recorded a few more and said, look, ju- we're just going to put something out. Um, and, um, and so it was, you know, kind of a last ditch effort, I guess, to throw something out there with the guns and roses name in it. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's perfectly enjoyable. And then that's my number five the spaghetti incident on cool to your number four i'm getting i'm getting i have it together with the numbers now i think nice okay so uh number four my number four is lies all right cool you're Uh, you're looking at me for some sort of knowing look (laughs) yeah yeah It's a it's a mixture of the faux live EP, Live Like a Suicide, and then four acoustic songs. So it's kind of like... Yeah, it's kind of like two EPs slapped together. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, most of the first half is covers too. Um, but yeah, Well, Reckless I mean, Life, I think only, only one yeah. is a legit cover, right? 
Because aren't they I th- like I think. aren't they like previous bands of the members of Guns N' Roses? Like one's a Rose Tattoo song, or isn't Rose Tattoo? No, not Rose. Or is it? Fuck, I don't know. Hollywood, Hollywood Rose. Hollywood uh, Rose. Like that was Axl Rose's band. Ah, um, uh, okay. Here, here we go. Ah, right. Here we go. We got uh, Hollywood Rose and Rose Tattoo and Aerosmith. So Rose Tattoo, so, I don't think, was one of their bands. No, nah, Holly, Hollywood Rose was the was. one. Yeah. Okay, so you're right. So it's half half covers. Cool. Uh, yeah. So Reckless Life is a badass high energy opener. Uh, nice boys. Don't play rock and roll. No, 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 baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Move to the city is a fun song. Uh, the, this first half really has a great live energy, even if the live setting is fake. Yeah. Um, and then you know, Mama Kin, excellent Aerosmith cover. Um, clearly an influence on them. Oh hell yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, patience. Now over to the uh, acoustic side, you got Patience, which is a nice song, and the only single from this album. Uh, used to love her. This song always unsettles me because musically it's it's upbeat, but the lyrics are pretty twisted and uncomfortable, which is fucking awesome. Well, I've always thought that they were so they're so tongue in cheek that it's it still seems lighthearted to me. You know? Yeah, but it's, it's lighthearted in kind of a maniacal way at the same time. So it's like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You're crazy, which is an acoustic version of the Appetite track, and it's really cool. I love yeah. both versions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, you got one in a million, which is notable for containing uses of the N word and and the uh, F word, several slurs. And- yeah, it, it's essentially just a dictionary of, of shit you can't say. <laughs> so you know what? So ne- since, since you're on that song, let's have a discussion. Um, my number four is also lies. <laughs> so, <laughs> but let's have a discussion about one in a million. Because um, yeah. I'd, I'd like to know your thoughts. Because um, obviously they there was controversy around it because of the, the words that he used, which I don't condone using a lot of the words that he used in this song, in this song, um, <laughs> just overall that, you know, some of the things are, are offensive that he says. Um, and so, so much so that when they did this big old special edition of appetite for destruction that included lies, they left this song out of that yeah. version. So, um, what are you, what do you take away when you hear the song? Do what do you think was the intent with the song? I, Honestly, initially thought he was playing a character. So I thought this was, I thought this was a case where, you know, he's not speaking as himself. He's kind of playing this piece of shit character. Absolutely. uh, I am 100% with you on this. Yeah. Like, it's the, don't Anthrax have a song where they, they used it as well, but it's again in the con- it's in context. Yeah, I think it's in the context of somebody else talking or whatever. But um, yeah, but yeah. So even so, back when I first heard this song, I was ten, eleven, probably eleven years old. Yeah. Even then, my 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 outlook on the song was, oh, this guy is like a complete piece of shit. The character yeah. in this song. And here's here's why it only works that way, because the the point of view actually shifts from the verse to the chorus. 
Because the, yeah. the the guy the things that the guy the character is saying during the verses, if you if he, he wouldn't be saying the things that are in the chorus. The chorus is you're one in a million. That's what you are. You're a shooting star. Maybe one day we'll we'll see you before you make us cry. We tried to reach you, but you were much too high. That sounds like the, it's now the point of view has shifted back to maybe Axel or somebody else looking at this guy that's like completely fucked in his way of thinking. And they're saying, yeah. look, you're just one dude. I don't know why you feel like you're special or important, um, but there's nothing we can do about it. And so it's never bothered me. Now, do, do would I put those words, would I put the F word or the N word or, or even, even saying sh- you know, shit about immigrants in the song? I wouldn't do any of those things, even if I was telling a story of a different character. But that's just my personal choice. But listening to the song, I'm like, clearly it's a character. He chose to be edgy to make an impact with his lyrics. But then he went and fucked it up by not yeah. explaining it. So yeah. his, he has, I, he did like two different explanations, both of which made no fucking sense whatsoever. And I'm like, wasn't it like, it, it, just because I said the N word doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean I mean a black guy. Yeah, I'd call an idiot the N word. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's, Which is just kind of like it's like that is a deflection in the in the wrong way. But if you, <laughs> you listen you, to you the song, there's no it. there's no way there's there's only one way to to interpret the song. So why the hell would he? Fuck. I mean, I know he was probably. I, I mean, I guess I can't give him the 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 out of being. On drugs because I don't think he did drugs, did he? Axl Rose has been I, pretty clean the whole time, hasn't he? Honestly, I think it might have just been his. I think he just had a real mind for staying relevant, and if he could do edgy, shocking shit, it would make him famous. Sure. And like, I I feel like that's kind of the route he took. He was like, "What if I am this?" absolutely outrageous guy people are gonna fucking talk about me like you know? li- literally like the entire sod album where they just yeah. created a character who was a complete piece of shit and every song yeah. is sung by him yeah <laughs> yeah although i think so, that's um, lost on a lot of people that are fans of that album anyway i'm just saying that <laughs> but um so so yeah so so most of the time if somebody like I'm one of those people that I I don't believe in separate the art from the artist because the art comes from the artist, um, and um, but I also think that you pick your own battles and you pick your own uh, mm. way to react for whatever it is that you feel. So sometimes somebody will come out and say something awful in a song or in an interview, and I will just back away and go, "Well, um, our time together is over." But in this particular case, this song does not bother me at all because I, mm. the the intent is clearly not meant to be like this is the way you should talk. It's yeah. you know it's it's uh, it's supposed the, the the character is supposed to be shitty. You're supposed to be like well fuck this guy because that's that's the song. So anyway, I just For thought sure. it was interesting because I don't know I I haven't you know. Over the years, nobody has ever just come out and said it's a character in the fucking song. And I'm just like, well, it's so easy to just say that. Now, people aren't going to like that explanation. But anyway, it's just fascinating to me that that nobody has stated the obvious of all you got to do is read the lyrics. And clearly it's two different points of view in the verse and in the chorus. It's it's like 
it's like how Mike Patton plays a, a white trash guy in RV. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's not he's not being himself on that song. Exactly. You know, yeah. So yeah, so I have no problem with it, but I was just interested to see how you felt about it too, because um, um, I it, it honestly it, to me it's the worst song on the album, even without all that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but um, I ended up putting. It, were you done? Were you done with your critique of it before I I, I sabotaged it? No, no, no. That's, that's pretty much all I was going to bring up. <laughs> yeah, um, I put it at number four because overall I do really enjoy this, but at the end of the day, it's two EPs, one of which is essentially a demo that they put fake crowd noise on and it has cover songs, <laughs> and then the other one has a remake of a song on Appetite for Destruction, and I like the Appetite version better. Um, yeah. Just because, like... I feel like the song, like I read somewhere that Axel intended the song to be acoustic and that speed. But if you listen to the way he has to sing the the lyrics, I'm all like, clearly he, he, it didn't intend, he didn't intend to be that slow, you know? Cause he has to, yeah. he, if you have enough time to enter in all these like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And you're <laughs> in your song, then, uh, then you ran out of words or something. <laughs> but, um, so I don't really like that version as much. Patience is a fucking classic. Like it is one of those yeah. songs that um it was played to death. It's you know, it's it's uh it's you lump it in with the monster ballads, but it's not really a monster ballad. There's no big you know, the the big guitars don't ever kick in and the drums don't kick in. It's just acoustic all the way through. But I yeah. think it's a beautiful song. I love it. And um um yeah, and I used to love her. It's just if you're breaking it down by songs, I'm all like, that song is also just okay. So like the overall vibe of the album is cool. It's very enjoyable, but, um, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm all like all the proper albums they did minus Chinese democracy are miles better than anything that we've just talked about. So I ended up putting lies also at number four. And so now, <laughs> you saw my brain. Number yeah. Th- 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 um, <laughs> and so now we got to get into our top three, which I have a weird. I I, have, I don't know. <laughs> it just feels like we're gonna match the entire way to number one. But let's find out. I have a feeling if if I got a feeling <laughs> if this is gonna, I think this will be the tipping point as to whether or not we have or not matched up okay okay so my number three is use your illusion one (laughs) i'm not saying anything (laughs) okay i'll just Uh, i'll just say it we did not match ah we nearly had a perfect streak um (laughs) so so um the first part of the the big ass Quasi double album. Oh, well, since is, we're since we're on this one now, it, like the, when this podcast uh, is out, it, we've already passed the thirtieth anniversary of this album. Came out yeah. in September of, of nineteen ninety one. Thirty fucking years ago. Um, Insane. Yeah, and a uh, two and two two essentially double albums released at the same time. But um, yeah. that's how fucking ambitious they were. But um, yeah, quadruple but, album. But for but for <laughs> Eddie, the first of the two is his number three. Wow, that was just that was my brain. The, 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 the number one is his number three of the two. I, I'm impressed. I, I was struggling myself there. <laughs> you know, there's a lot going on in his head, and and most of it's not useful at all. 
Okay, so I, I think th the reason I put this here, because I love both equally for different reasons, mm -hmm. this one has a little bit more in common with Appetite. And I feel as though, before I get into, the, get into my track by track, they feel a little bit more out there, but less cohesive as a mood. Like, there's a lot of different things happening on this one, whereas the second one has a pretty kind of running vibe throughout. So I'm, I'm going to get into it. Um, right Next Door to Hell, killer way to, the, to open the album. Fuck yeah. Like, that could have been on Appetite. Um, Dust and Bones is the first real, like, deviation where you're like, oh, this is quite bluesy, actually. And you, you know, get they, um, they... Izzy Stradlin on vocals. Ah yes, which all of a yeah, all, all of a sudden you've got Izzy and Duff singing songs, although yeah. although Axel wedges his way into the songs in a very funny way sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's really cool though to hear these, um, especially there's a lot of piano on these two albums, yeah. and I really like that addition because it just it adds to their rock and roll vibe because at their core they're a rock and roll band, you know. Um, that's why I don't really lump them in with the hair metal thing because nah, me neither. To me, to me, they're a, they're a classic rock band, really. Um, just with the production of that era, uh, "Live and Let Die" is a fun cover of the Paul McCartney James Bond song. Um, "Don't Cry," the first version mm. of one of these two albums' successful power ballads. Uh, perfect crime. Wild crazy rocker brings the pace back up. I uh, you I love I love the chorus of perfect crime because it's he essentially yeah. is only saying perfect crime, but it's perfect crime. God damn it, it's a perfect it's crime, motherfucker. Crime. It's a perfect. <laughs> I'm like God that's damn it, it's perfect. That's the way that you yeah. make a chorus. Just like put goddamn and motherfucker in the middle of it, and then it's got that really <laughs> great moment where for some reason he decides to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why did you have to, the, do you have to count all the way to eight for that part? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are like wild vocal moments all over these There's two albums. So, there, are so, there are so many things on both Use Your Illusions where, like, from a production standpoint, I'm all like, that song did not need all that. But it's like, yeah. <laughs> but it's just random shit from, like, Axel yeah. doing weird lower vocals that you can barely hear. And then just him <laughs> randomly saying stuff. Like, in, that, in one song, it goes, cool ranch dressing. <laughs> <laughs> But I, that's why I love this album because I'm just like, why would you do that? Why not is the answer. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Use Your Illusion in a nutshell. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, where, where am I at? I got You Ain't the First, mm -hmm. which is this uh, chill, bluesy, country-ish kind of thing. Also Izzy. Bad upset. Also Izzy. Yeah, Izzy seems you know, I'm one. realizing I'm realizing now that you know my ears have been tricking me this whole time because... I did not know that. Well, a lot of the songs, you, Axel's vocals are layered on top sometimes. Right. But other times, other times he does let Izzy or Duff, I think Duff maybe only sings one song solo. And it's one of my favorites, but it's not on this album. I think, it, I think it's just because I've never like sat down and read the liner notes of these two albums that I'm just... It, I'll always have stuff to find because there are yeah. Easter eggs and little nuggets all over these 
fucking four discs. That's a, that's <laughs> the thing that we have to, you have to keep in mind about like the strength of these first three albums that they did. It's because you had sure Axel's a great songwriter, but Izzy is also a good songwriter. Duff is also a good yep. songwriter, and so the the fact that they were all together, I think, is what made Guns and Roses so amazing. You know, because like at this point, I'm really happy that Slash and Duff are back together. But even then, I'm all like, I don't think that's enough. You know, I feel mm. I feel like like Izzy was a really important part in what they were, and um, I mean, he doesn't want to do it. I'm sure they asked him, but you know, it's 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 his it's yeah. his choice. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it, 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 that's okay. <laughs> uh, where, where am I at? I got, uh, Bad Obsession, Chunky Rocker, uh, Back Off. Back Off! Back Off, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Double, double talk and jive, some oh, cool vocal moments. That's, that's such a fucking yeah. great song. So I think yeah. that one, no, I think that one might actually be sung by Duff. Um, but then in the chorus, they they overlay Axel's vocals on top of Duff's vocals. But the best thing about that song is it, it's a really cool mood. But then it does that thing where it fades out and it's the flamenco guitar that, that pans yeah. up. And it's, it sounds so fucking cool. And when I first yeah. heard the album, that's what closed out side one of the cassette. And that is just an excellent oh, cool. side closer. Just that flamenco guitar slowly fading out. I'm just like, God, it's fucking sweet. <laughs> awesome and then opening up the next side yeah would be november rain november rain <laughs> which with, is like which is a yeah that's one of these songs that like i i sometimes i look at it and i go why does it have to be that long but then you listen to it and i go yeah there's no you can't edit any second out of this song and it would not it, it would not be as powerful of a song if you cut yeah. any part of it out and I guess that's just the mark of, of great songwriting, great compositions, because like everything about it I, to me is just an insanely well-written song. And I never get tired of it. Um, sometimes I don't have yeah. time for it, but you know, still that's a different story. <laughs> I, I would imagine as well, it's probably the most iconic music video, you know, oh, with yeah. Slash in the Desert. Man, I watched I watched so much MTV, so you know I saw all those videos like hundreds of times, to, to the point where when the song's playing, I can still see the visuals in my head of what's going on in the video. Yeah, yeah like it, this song has three guitar solos in it, and I wouldn't sacrifice a single no, one. No, fuck no. Like, like that's some of the yeah. best slash soloing in this song. The fact that he would write these parts that in many yeah. ways were catchier than the goddamn vocals. Yeah. Like that is that that's why that's another reason why Slash is just fucking awesome. I know I, I know I'm preaching to the choir in here. I'm even people listening to this are probably like, well, duh, it's fucking Slash. <laughs> that's the thing though. When I think of this song, I don't really think of the vocals. I think of Yeah. Like things like that. Um Yeah. Um uh, and then you get Garden. Uh cool featuring Vibe One. Featuring Alice Cooper. Yeah, you got that one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You can't miss Alice Cooper. <laughs> like, 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 he's just got such a cool fucking delivery on here. Um, Garden of Eden. It's funny, they put both Garden songs right next to each other. Yeah. Uh, that always struck me as funny. Um, and they're both wildly different because Garden of Eden is an absolutely ripping 
rock and roll track. That's one of those songs that like, I wish that I knew it well enough to like do it at karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no yeah. fucking way. There's no way. I don't even know. I, I I don't even know if I've heard Guns N' Roses play that song live. Did they play it live? I don't even know if they did. Because that's a lot. That's a fucking mouthful right there to get through. Yeah, I feel like I get like three seconds in. It's a critical situation. Oh, nope, you already fucked up. The <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh shit. And then and then it's like I'm just kind of like seven to die on my way through it. It's li- it's literally <laughs> like the the that's great. It starts with an earthquake, birds, and then you finally go. I am a yeah. hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those songs where you're pretty sure you know like the first few seconds of it but then it all falls apart (laughs) oh man and then holy shit don't damn me really catchy song love the hooky vocals in it um bad apples funk rock funk yeah that's another Uh, (laughs) that's one of those songs where i'm talking about there's in the chorus he the, the, he sings like one bad apple spoil the whole damn bunch, but damn underneath bunch. it he does a vocal where he goes oh damn bunch, and I'm like, well, why yeah. the fuck did he? Why does that even need to be there? And you yeah. know, it's just Axel <laughs> being like, look, I know we've recorded fifty vocal parts for this, but I got one more I got to do. <laughs> uh, and then you, and then you get Dead Horse, which is a cool song, yeah, and it it really tripped me out because I was listening to it on cassette one time. And it has that bit at the end where it goes, like, does the cassette rewind? And I'm like, oh, fuck, it's gone wrong for like a brief split second. Which is interesting because I'm pretty sure the song starts and it sounds like a record being played. And then it ends by a tape being rewind. Rewounded? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I meant? Rewounded. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then finally, Coma. And Duff McKagan, I'm going to say it right now, has my favorite bass tone of all time. Yeah. For obvious reasons, it's drenched in fucking chorus. So this this is another one of those songs that it's long, but you can't edit any part of this song. Especially, like, if if you listen to a lot of it, the composition of the song is fucking insane. Because, sure, it's got some repeating parts... But there's a whole in section that lasts for a few minutes where they don't play the same riff twice. It constantly yeah. changes what they're playing and they're switching keys and shit. And it's just every time I listen to that, I go, how long did it take to do that and get yeah. it right? Because it's like you got to remember this, you know, these few minutes of, of, of song where nothing repeats. And it's just uh, yeah. that's just that's insane. It's a great song. Yeah, and I'll never not be absolutely hyped when I hear that ding dong ding 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 because it that riff is sleaze, just pure fucking sleaze. Um, so yeah, in in conclusion, yep. use your illusion. One is is the one that today. When I finalize my list, it'll likely change in the next two days <laughs> and then back again because yeah. it really depends on my mood when, whenever I pick these. But uh, yeah, Usury Illusion 1 is my number three. Awesome. My number three is Usury Illusion 2. Hey. And um, before I really get into it, I'm just going to start off by saying this. Th- there, is not a, there is no song as powerful as as um, November Rain or Coma on User Illusion 2. So right there, 
the album is already lacking. So I do agree that these are pretty close because there's a lot of songs on Use Your Illusion 2 that I go, oh, oh, I love this song. But Use Your Illusion 2 is the only one that has a couple songs that I actually cringe a little bit when they come on. Now, the first one is Yesterday's because... He needed he needed auto tune on that song, and he should have done some more. <laughs> he, his vocals are literally flat and sharp all over the song, and the chorus <laughs> is just yesterday has got nothing for me. Oh, pictures, oh, it's just very like, all right, come on, it, it's very it's very aggravating listening to that song. Um, but it does sound like a song that could have been good if maybe they'd lowered his vocals down a little bit and had him do some more takes, but. Mm. It's just, it's, it's hard to get through. And then you have a song like Breakdown, which is essentially Axl Rose <laughs> writing a Billy Joel song. And it's not bad, but it just, the payoff isn't there. And it has another thing that I don't fucking get. It gets, gets to the chorus and he goes, Breakdown! And then another voice goes, Remember here now. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> I can't even do it that low, but I'm like, why? And of course the answer is why not? Um, but I just think it's not a very good song. Um, but some of my favorites are on here. You Could Be Mine yeah. is on here. You Could Be Mine is one of my favorite Guns N' Roses songs. Now, one of my favorites that actually initially I wasn't really into, but it really grew on me, is the song So Fine, which is sung by Duff. Yeah. Except for the beginning parts. Um, the verses are sung by Axel. The choruses are sung by Duff. Now, initially, the reason I didn't like this song is because Axel sounds creepy as fuck at the beginning of the song. Because the whole beginning <laughs> of it is him going, mm. and, yeah. and I'm just like, you fucking prick. Like, get out of my ear with that. But then, That's you know. Gene Simmons solo album. It's got, it's just, it's just unnecessary. And then it's got, it's just like, there's a perfectly beautiful beginning to a song and he had to make noise at the beginning of the song. Yeah. But then the verses are cool. But then when Duff kicks in, I love his delivery on this song. And especially, like, there's a line where he goes, um, When the lights went down on your house, <laughs> like, the way he says that line, I'm yeah. like, God, I love that so much. Like, that's the thing is, like, once you get to the Duff part of the song, I'm like, yeah. I really like this song a lot. It just feels good. Um, but yeah, um, so that's a really good one too. And also, um, one that I think some people consider to be a throwaway, but I absolutely do not is the song get in the ring, which, Oh, I love getting the ring is, is such a, it's, it's literally just like, sure. The songwriting is not as good on it as on some of the other ones, but the (laughs) fact that they clearly just had a fucking fun time, just like, we're going to fucking talk shit for an entire song. And it's a, just a giant diss track. It's a, it's a diss it? track. Like, it's, it's, it's one of the original diss tracks. Well, I guess at that point, NWA or uh, Ice Cube and, and Eazy-E had already done it, but, you know, still. But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that when you do your track breakdown. But I just, those, there's, all the, there's all those really strong songs. I think Civil War is a great song, but Civil War, when it comes to the longer songs, is nowhere near as good as November Rain or Coma. Um, and um, the version of Don't Cry on here, is the lyrics sound weird. They, they, they're, they, yeah. And you can tell that they weren't even intended to be used because it still fades out and goes into the vocal track from the first version of the song. So it's like, why is this even on here? 
And then um, mm. I could go the rest of my life without hearing knocking on heaven's door. I, I just think it's really bad. Um, it's really boring. And I just, it's perfectly good as a live track because everyone in the crowd can sing along, you know, and shit. But on an album, I'm just like, nah, maybe just, maybe just leave this song out. And then wrapping it all up, you want to step into my world, world. (laughs) which what the fuck is that song? So anyway, I, yeah, we'll get to that because you'll do your track breakdown. So you have all of these things. It's the most uneven Guns N' Roses album where some of the songs are just what? And other songs are like, yeah. And, um, I just think that there's so many things that you take from this album that you go, this is clearly just, they, they held on to some cool songs for this one, but it's also some other shit that maybe they wouldn't have even put on the album if they weren't so ambitious. And so, um, that's why I had to put it as the second one, because even with the strength of some of the songs in there, I really like, um, we'll get into them when you do your track by track. Cause there's a couple others that you say the name of them and I'll go, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I do, <laughs> I do love this album. Don't get me wrong, but I just think it's not as strong as an album, um, as uh, use your illusion one. So that's why it is my number three moving on to your number two, which could very well be appetite for destruction. I don't know. I don't even know where we're going now. So where are we going well, for, uh, for your number two? Conveniently, my number two is Use Your Illusion 2. So this time, the numbers make sense. We did, we did a little criss-cross? Criss, criss you know, one of those criss-cross. things. Yeah. <laughs> the Mac, so, yeah, Mac Dad will make you jump, jump. The Dad and Mac will make you jump, jump, jump. Jump, jump. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make it a Mac Dad. We need to we need to do a crisscross episode and wear backwards shirts the entire time. <laughs> Only we won't we won't film it. We'll just tell everybody. Just so you yeah. know, all our clothes are backwards, and we're going to yeah. be ranking them the wrong way as well. Yeah. <laughs> Contrary to our opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Everything's going to um, be sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So. Um, Use Your Illusion 2. Two. Uh, so yeah, the second half of the double double albums. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. the, the, it's the slightly more successful of the two, selling a, selling a few more units than one. Um, and I think that was because of the strength of You Could Be Mine. Yeah. Because I don't know, because that's the only, that is one of the, there's, there are certain moments in, in pop culture history that I feel bad that you couldn't be there because being there (laughs) for that song coming out and Terminator two coming out, like, Holy fuck, man. I was just so just like at that point, Terminator two was the, was the best movie I'd ever seen. And then you had this Mm. badass you could be mine video that you kept seeing all the Terminator two footage. Funny enough. I don't think you could be mine is actually even in Terminator two. I think they, it, it is, it's in a, it's in the part, I think, where they drive away from the bank after withdrawing a bunch of money and oh. they hop on the bike and they're playing it on the boombox. I, I think that's where it is. Wow. But it's, it's brief. Either, it's pretty brief. Either way, yeah. that's just, it's a killer song, but we're not there yet. Cool. So, yeah. Um, the thing I love about this album is that while I will admit Use Your Illusion 1 has more ambitious 
like jumps from style to style. Mm-hmm. I think this one. I think one has standout songs, but I think this one has a mood to it. Like there's this aura around too. Like even down to the artwork where it's it's a little bit darker, it's a little bit more focused on the slower side. Uh even though there are up tempo songs, they really start out on a much more not necessarily solely ballad territory, yeah. but there is a bit more of a somber tone to it and and i i appreciate that as a full album listen whereas i mean there are songs on use your illusion one that holy fuck but Mm -hmm. yeah use your illusion two from a vibe perspective there's just something about it so uh yeah yeah. civil war uh what we have here is a a banger Uh, (laughs) nice one (laughs) So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it opens this album totally differently yeah. to Usual Illusion 1 because this one opens on a slow big long epic track and Usual Illusion 1 opens on a 3 minute hard rocker. Uh but then uh, also, you get 14 also, years. Also oh. you got I have things to say about a lot of these songs. Um <laughs> fucking Civil War. I cannot with a straight face without and not giggle at the end of the song. Just how fucking ridiculous the was so civil about war anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it just sounds like something that would be said by a dude who's been chewing on the neck of his shirt for an hour and then he just spits yeah. it out for a second and go, What's so civil about war anyway? <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else in the room is like, bro, we should put that in the song. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, uh, 14 years, uh, yep. this one for, you know, with the, sung with the by, track um, two thing sung by Izzy. Yeah. Like just like dust and bones, it, it lets you know, we have a bluesy side and we're going to incorporate a lot of that. It gets sabotaged yeah. by my favorite part is that it gets sabotaged by, uh, by <laughs> Axl Rose. Cause I don't know if you've made, I don't, maybe it's just me, but if you listen to the way that it's mixed in the, in the, yeah. in the chorus, you have like Izzy's singing like I was the dog I tried, and all of a sudden and it's spin like it like it literally Axel's yeah. voice is so fucking loud. It's all like <laughs> I'm here too, everybody. Yeah, like, God damn it, I'm Axel! Axel, you, you, Axel, you sing on most of the songs. You can be, you can <laughs> sit this one out or pan, <laughs> pan your shit further back. Jesus fucking Christ. Grab a tambourine or some shit. You can do. S- <laughs> I mean, he's already on the piano during the song. I'm like, you got something to do. You're playing the goddamn oh, piano. Shit. Or does he? Or does he play the piano on that? I don't fucking know. I don't. That may. That may be dizzy. Not Izzy. Dizzy. Those are two different dudes. It's funny actually. There, there's a there's a funny Roddy Bottom quote. You know, from Faith No More when they were on tour with him. He said something along the lines of, "It's really hard keeping on track." Keeping up to date with who's in Guns N' Roses. You got Izzy, Tizzy, Dizzy, Fizzy. (laughs) (laughs) Dizzy was the keyboardist. But I'm guessing guessing maybe the piano, they would have given it to Dizzy to play. Fuck, I don't know. (laughs) All I know is that when they did November Rain live, you know, with Elton John and shit, like it was Axel on the piano. And in the video, he's on the piano. I guess it's because there's also keys for Dizzy to play. Okay. My mind is all over the place today. I apologize. I'm not on any kind of medication whatsoever. (laughs) I mean, this is, these are incredibly ambitious 
works yeah. of art, these albums. So, like, they they got really out there real fucking quick, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. like, like, it's like, yeah, we did our stripped back debut. Now it's time to get really conceptual. Uh, and yeah, they put out 30 songs at once. And I don't know what it is, but I think they're just... When I really scale that up and I think about the amount of work that had to go into that... Yeah. Like a 10-track like a album would have been enough, uh-huh. let alone 20 more, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, yesterday's... I, I do agree on the vocal front. I, I'd call it like... It's it's one of those that's like half ballad, half rocker. Yeah. I can't really dis- describe it any other way. Um I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand and respectfully disagree on knocking on heaven's door though. <laughs> I also don't like the original either, so I'm not it's I'm, I'm not a fan, so it, you know, it makes sense. This is my favorite version of the song and I love the chorus on Slash's clean guitar. Like longtime listeners of the show know that chorus and reverb are my fantasy threesome so uh yeah (laughs) yeah this is my favorite version of this song and it it does come across better live because it's just built for that you know it's it's stadium get the whole crowd singing i think also Uh, also it bums me out because like sometimes i feel like axel doesn't know when to just let a song breathe so it's like so i mean it's just knocking knock knock knocking on heaven's door that's the original version, I, but then he, I, yeah, he has to I, jump in with hi, 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 and I'm like, yeah, there, there doesn't need to be any haze, dude. You can take the back seat just for a minute. This is where he busts out the inward singing, outward singing. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how much shit I talk about this, but these are essentially albums that like I've loved for for decades, and I'm still gonna fucking rip them <laughs> apart. Oh, uh, but like heading on over to get in the ring, like this ah. song is. Pu- pure rant in song form they just go off on everyone you know oh it's fucking awesome and i also really love Uh, the whole the end part where he does the um and in this corner weighing 850 pounds guns and roses (laughs) like for some reason just it's just such a fun song and then yeah. it ends with, I think it's Duff, but it's he sounds like he's been screaming for days. He's like, all the fucking guns and roses fans are struggling through all the fucking shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that was Slash. Is that Slash speaking there? I don't know. I just know that I just always loved that part so much because it's like, did they just yeah. get him out of bed? And he's just like, he's still hung over <laughs> and slightly drunk from the night before. And they're like, can you do a thing at the end of this song? And he's like, yeah, song for the fucking Guns and Roses fans. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then you get uh, Shotgun Blues, which is this punky hard rocker. Um, Breakdown. Breakdown Let is a very dynamic now. song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, that's the yeah. worst beginning to a song ever. It's like, am I watching a Civil War documentary or am I listening yeah. to a fucking rock and roll album? Come on. <laughs> um, it, pretty tied up. Now, I love yes, I love this I'm one. I'm totally yeah. with you. Great song. A really cool uh, obligatory early 90s rock band sitar intro, too. Yep. Love that. Um, what else we got? Locomotive. Oh, hell Bad yeah. Hell song. yes, that song's great. 
fucking love locomotive. I just love how in the, the in the chorus, I can't figure out where the fucking beat's supposed to go because the yeah. the, the drums are doing that. Dun, 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 dun. Da, 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 da. But then the vocals are like yeah. they they trail off of the beat every time. But it sounds it sounds um, like like they meant to do that. But it's just always yeah. such a weird part to that song where I go, it fits so perfectly because they sing the line, "Baby's gone off the track," and then the vocals start to go off the track, and I'm like, yeah. that is some genius shit right there. That's nobody really gives them on their give part. them the fucking credit. But yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, man. Um, so fine. Oh, yeah. Duff McKagan sings on this I, one. I love but, it. Uh, I, I love that song. I, I do agree with the creepy intro as well. Like, it, it, that's just, it does remind me a lot of... I know <laughs> you write me sexy letters. Yeah, it's, it is very... <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, and I, I don't know. There's a part of me that you would think that, like, Axel thought that that sounded sexy, but I don't, but knowing what I know about Axl Rose, that's not even, I don't even think that's what he thought. He just thought, I think this needs this right here. I think it needs me to do a, ah, and then a, mm, and then a, th- yeah. I, some, I think, I, I, I think this song with some fava beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think this song requires me to fuck the drummer's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> He sacrifices we whatever he to. has to for his art. <laughs> uh, um, estranged. Now I will say, yeah. If any, if if any song comes close to November Rain yeah. on here, no, I'm not. I'm not going to let. Don't say this. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I will say it. It is pretty long. <laughs> it's even longer than November Rain. Yeah. But I do like the um, the guitar melodies and stuff. Oh no! Slash. I'm gonna say the the number one thing that makes this song good is Slash. Like he he yeah. sounds fucking phenomenal on this song. It's got yeah, its good moments. That's the standout for me. Yeah, yeah. But I it, I do agree. November Rain is the superior ballad. Yeah. Make let's make that very clear. <laughs> uh, you can. I'm, um, I'm not trying to force you into my opinion. I just you know. No, no, no. I ag- I agree with you that November Rain is the best. Is, is why I want to make that uh, clar- clarify that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you could be mine. Is uh, yeah, man. Is it's my favorite Guns N' Roses song. Which some of which some of the songs like the, apparently this one and Don't Cry and some others were like were older songs. Like they yeah. already had mostly written from back in the day. It's it's funny. Like a lot of Use Your Illusion one was written before Appetite, so it kind of makes sense that that one has more in common with Appetite than the second one does. Yeah. The second one had a lot more um, room for Axel to kind of spread his songwriting wings. So I'm from what I've yeah. heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it, it does show. It does show on this album. Um, don't cry again. <laughs> this is the alternate lyrics version, though, which, aside from that, is the same song. If, yeah, uh, <laughs> if it, it's literally the same track with different vocals on. If they had made it a different version of the song, like it's a reprise yeah. or whatever that word is, however you say it properly. Um, yeah. When I was a kid, I always, called, I always said reprise, but I was like, that sounds not right because it's not like you're – Reprising something again, it's reprise. You know what? Reprise. You know what I think could have made reprise works. Okay, but like 
Yeah, I think something that could have made this song really cool is if it was like just Axel and a piano. Like, okay, can you imagine? Yeah, no, good, good, how, okay. If it was a totally different version in some way, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, like if it was like him at a piano doing all the parts, just him, spotlight on him, that could have been really cool. But unfortunately, all they did was, you know, change the change the, some of the words and they're not as good uh, lyrically i don't think yeah whatever and finally <laughs> we get to talk we get to talk about the best song of the whole lot oh geez uh, which, which is my world which i have over the years crafted the perfect explanation of this song okay dave mustaine joined nine inch nails for a hip-hop side project all right i could i could see that <laughs> yeah (laughs) it's just so like it's just just a throwaway track it's not even like what is it like a minute and a half maybe at the most yeah it's it's, like 90 seconds (laughs) it's just you want to step into my world i it's it's still i mean it's fine it's 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 a part of the album and and it's funny i guess but it just it's so just like why would you even do it? But I guess at the time it was, that was already at the time where all these, these artists were like, Oh, we, we listened to some industrial stuff as well. I guess it was 91. So they hadn't quite yet. It hadn't quite yet kicked fully in because nine inch nails would really break big, you know, 92, 93. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. I think from what I remember hearing as well, I'm pretty sure nobody else knew that, uh my world was going on the album oh, of course not because, yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is insane but yeah axel do it just doing his thing you know and if it ends up being a 30 second uh a 90 second nine inch nails hip-hop side project dave mustaine <laughs> demo then <laughs> you know <laughs> yep um, okay, well, let, let me get, let me get my number two out of the way so we can we can do our joint number one because my number two is Use Your Illusion one, and um, cool. we've already we talked about this album enough. But I just it's got so many fucking killer songs, and I kind of compared the two with one and two earlier about why I think it's better. I just think that there's uh, the number of strong songs is higher on Use Your Illusion one, and honestly, I do like the way the album flows with. Because mm. it does give you a variety of tracks, you know, it does have the more bluesy side and, and the harder side, and it's got a couple fucking killer ballads on it. Um, yeah. and, and it ends with an insanely, probably the darkest Guns N' Roses song with Coma. So I just think that all, overall, you get a lot more bang for your for your buck, I guess, for your time that you're spending um, with uh, Use Your Illusion One, but. I do agree that both albums could be better if some genius people came along and sliced it up and mashed it all together into one album. And that is what we will be doing next week for the first edition of Slashed and Mashed, where we will combine Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 into one 14-track album. Is that what we're kind of going with? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so that we'll, so we can, we'll talk about these albums more next time because uh, I feel like you know we're going to be really breaking them down. So my number uh, two is Usual Illusion 1, which moves us into our joint number one. How could it have been any other album? Uh, go ahead, sir. Appetite for Destruction, baby. Hell yeah. 
was it going to be anything but this? <laughs> if, if we were contrarians, then maybe so. <laughs> but we, yeah. we, we are not. Cool. So, yeah, without further ado, I'm going to just jump right in. Oh, we've had a lot of ado this. In, this, uh, in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Welcome to the Jungle, phenomenal song. I will never, ever get sick of this song. Plus, it's a San Andreas track, which, in my opinion, renders any song invincible to overplay. <laughs> it's just, it's <laughs> also just one of the best album openers to me. Of all time. And it's yeah. just, it's just, and I just love the fact that, that their debut album, the first track is such a badass song and it's called Welcome to the Jungle. I'm just like, that is fucking yeah. badass on so many levels, you know? Yeah. And, like, it, it's structured really weirdly, too. Like, there's yeah. a bunch of other little sections in it that you would think in, in any other song, they would have probably just gone first chorus, first chorus. Yeah. But there's, like, there's like a soft bit here. And then, like, this... No, the breakdown at the end, which is genius. That And that, honestly, those kind of things are... I think that is a big reason why Guns N' Roses quickly shot to the top of all of those bands. Because they wrote great songs, but as an album, just listening to the album, like, they didn't just come up with a song and throw it together and then record it. Like oh, they were compositions clearly, for sure. Clearly, these guys are big fans of just music and songwriting in general. And they even even in their drug and alcohol fueled haze, they still managed to like make these songs that I like. All of them have yeah. parts where I go, oh, that was that was cool, and they didn't even need to do that. And that's uh, that. Yeah, I I one hundred percent agree. Immediately following up with you know it's so easy is amazing. Speaking of speaking of, uh, speaking of Duff with his bass tone. This whole album gets me hyped. Um, yeah, yeah. But the the thing I really love about it as well is when it does the it's so easy. Yeah, like the halftime thing. Nothing seems to please, to please me. me. And then it builds back up again, and yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Um, Night Train is another immortal hard rock song. Yeah, Out to Get Me is probably is probably my favorite on the album. It's like it's a deep er cut song, but like I've always loved the riff in it. I also just love how, especially the first half of this album, how fucking sleazy it is. Yeah. <laughs> just feel yeah. that's like that's why you know they obviously you equate them more with your faster pussycat and LA guns. I mean they were all friends and and co-band yeah. members at times but um but I just like it just got that it just feels like it like they recorded the album and then they threw it in a in a gutter in the alleyway and some street and then they got it out yeah. and then they mixed it and put it out. <laughs> it just that yeah. it just has that feeling to it. It sounds like it sounds like it's going to give your CD player the clap if you put it in. <laughs> like, For real. Like, there's just something as well, like, about most of this album that just sounds like, imagine getting into a bar fight to this album. It would be kind of I'm sick. sure many bar like, fights happened to this album. Yeah. I'm fucking innocent! <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Brownstone is a groovy oh, yeah, track. Man. 
love the feel of this one. Uh, Paradise City. Do I even need to explain why? <laughs> you know, that, this yeah, song is, that's it. It's a that's another one of those songs. It's just so perfectly put together. Um, the way it yeah. builds up and the way that it ends. It's just uh, it's a fucking classic song, man. And then well, it's another really overplayed song, but fuck it, man. I it's uh, it fucking slays every time. Yeah, and then. We flip over to side B, uh-huh. which is no side what, R. Th- so, uh, there's side, side R, side G, and I, side R. There is indeed, and um, there's a, there's a reason. Do you know the reason why it is side guns and side roses? Because it's badass. Because <laughs> side G is side guns, and all of the songs are like about the street and about being out and being crazy. Side R is roses, uh, and all of the songs are about relationships. Dude, that's fucking cool. Bam. Like Dropped a little knowledge on you. That is... I have never noticed that. But yeah, my Michelle, think about you, sweet child of mine. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> all it's awesome. all relationship you know, songs. I mean, at the end, it's a little bit you know dirtier, but still. <laughs> hey, it's always the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, my Michelle, creepy-ass intro, and then kick-ass sleaze metal. Yeah. Like... This song is awesome. Think about you. Love the twangy, clean, vibey guitars over the top of the chorus. I love the little flourishes in there. That that you know, that's the, the the think about you is a um. It's a song that I that is it's almost like deceiving because it seems mm. very basic. But if you go back and listen to it and just the way that the song plays out, I'm like, man, it's so it's so well done. Like some songs are so good that it just feels like it was effortless. Like they just, oh, this song is clearly just a throwaway track they threw on here. But I'm like, I don't know. You really dig into it. It's pretty goddamn well done. But, you know. Yeah. And and yet through it all, there is a song on here that I do never need to hear again. Oh, shit. And that is Sweet Child of Mine. Oh, no. Come on, man. But there's a there's a reason for this. Okay. It's a very personal reason. I'm gonna tell you why. The, it was my nan's ringtone for three years. Oh shit! That that would ruin and, it. And yeah, yeah. And every time, bearing in mind, I lived in the same house as my grandparents at this time. Granted, it's really fucking cool that one of my grandparents has guns and fucking roses as their ringtone. Yeah. On on the other hand. There's only so many times you can hear do 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 before it just starts becoming psycho strings and you're like beep, 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 beep. You, you know what? I don't know if this is a a positive thing or a negative thing, but like nobody in my family ever listened to any of the music I listened to. Like once I started wow. getting into my own shit, like 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 my mom my mom was kind of cool and she liked a couple Nirvana songs and stuff like that, but for the most part, yeah. like all the music I listened to was uniquely my music. And so I didn't yeah. get those issues where my grandma was was rocking some Guns N' Roses. So that could <laughs> some people could look at that as bad. But I look at it as like, the shit's just mine forever. The thing is, and, and here's the thing, like my mother being, you know, a Gen X kid, she's seen Metallica more times than I have. What kind of shit is that? <laughs> yeah, she was, you know. I know. Like, I, I know we've covered this before. I know we've covered this yeah. before. But how old is your mom? Uh, forty-five. Yeah. 
Okay, so she's she's literally just two years older than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm old enough to be your father. <laughs> oh man, we live in a crazy, crazy world. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Speaking of crazy, yeah. you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is a fun upbeat hard rock track and the attitude in that chorus is amazing you're fucking crazy crazy yeah Yeah, uh, um anything goes sick talk box solo in there which that one is Um, one that that they that i mean some of these are probably also from those days but anything goes you you can see a version online from axel's previous band and it's a little more swingy and he does this really cute dance in the video where I'm all like, oh, Axel, yeah. your dancing got so much better later on. Yeah. Um, but this version's way <laughs> better than that. I guess that was Hollywood Rose would be the band that, that he was in at that point. Yeah. And then, and then finally, we get the infamous Rocket Queen. Another, another amazingly well-written song. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm never going to turn down extra sex noise in the track. <laughs> or just the way that it fucking shifts from a pretty dark song to a really uplifting song in the last, yeah, like, two minutes. Yeah. That, which is, yeah, I, I agree totally. There's a, there's a certain shift at some point. Yeah, it's probably the post-nut clarity. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah, but um, it just... I would love to be a fly on the wall, not for a perv reason, but just to, <laughs> I, just to I, like, I, I've thought of that know too. the vibe in the room. Yeah, I've thought like, of that too. And I was like, Axel's in there fucking a girl and like, I can guarantee you that she's not attractive, but by my standards. <laughs> <laughs> because you look at a lot of the women that these dudes were rolling with and I'm all like, oh no, dude. I know you're a rocker, but come on, man. Buzz, your girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, it had to have been a woman that agreed to be fucked in a vocal booth. So you know that she was, you know, probably a little fucked up. I don't know. Watch that. that, People out there probably know who the woman was. And she's probably a very, very nice lady. Well, she's actually come out in in recent times and told her story. Oh, okay. The the identity is known, uh, but uh, yeah, apparently she didn't see a fucking cent in royalties from that song for her sex moments. But but she got paid, though, in dick. Oh, 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 (laughs) for sure. (laughs) I mean, the proof is in the fucking song. I mean, to be completely honest, if they had paid her, I would have expected her to do a better job because those moans were kind of lame. Come on, seriously. (laughs) Step your game up. Yeah, come on. Act like you're having a good time, you know? (laughs) But yeah, Appetite for Destruction, killer album start to finish. You can't fuck with it, really. Like, the only reason Sweet Child of Mine is ruined for me is because of a very personal specific reason yeah aside from that you know um yeah awesome album your turn i i don't (laughs) really have anything to add to that it is one of the best debut albums ever made um it's i i don't i think it's all killer i don't think there's a bad track on it um i love the way that it sounds i love like around this time mike clink did this album and then the year after he no two or three years after he is when he did um rust in peace which are both albums that the sound is so good on them because like we've talked about this before with other albums where 
you turn it up loud and it doesn't sound uncomfortable. It sounds amazing yeah. turned up loud. And that's a, that's a gift that I'm guessing very few um, possess in the world of engineering and album production because so many albums, especially today, uh, sound like total shit. And um, I wish more people would really try to go back and be like, oh, let's recreate the kind of sounds that were on albums like Appetite for Destruction because it just doesn't sound dated. It's just everything is clear, everything is heavy, everything is big, and um, it's just God, it's just a it's a fucking masterpiece of rock and roll, yeah. in my opinion. And I even think that if there wasn't, I, I like the album cover that everybody knows because um, the original album cover, which was that painting that that guy did with the weird monster. And the, yeah. um, which, which funny enough, that guy is also the guy that drew the scatterbrain album cover. Uh, here comes yeah. trouble. Um, he did other stuff too, obviously, but, um, I don't think that would have been a very good album cover. And it, I do like the cross. The cross yeah, is the cross so is really iconic cool. and it's so just, it's basic enough and cool enough to just be this. I don't know. It's just everything about it. Everything about it from the album cover, the songs, the production, the photos of the band where they're just like, here's us with a giant keg of beer. Here's us in another yeah. room where we all look drunk as fuck. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> this is literally like the best, one of the best rock and roll packages that's ever been put together. And yeah. this album alone is one of those things that, you know, Guns N' Roses could come back and do another album, which... Um, they just released that song. Did you listen to that song? It's called Absurd. I haven't heard it yet. No, um, I, I, I actually it. like it. And when I first heard it, I didn't like it. It's a it's a Chinese democracy like le- leftover that they recorded with Slash and Duff and and the gang. Right. But it's really weird because it doesn't really sound like a Guns N' Roses song at all. Um, mm. And so once you get over that, the energy is really good. But. Um, <laughs> Even if they come back and they go, oh, we're going to do a full-length album, and it's a complete shit show, the fact that they ever put out Appetite for Destruction still puts them on a list of my favorite bands ever because you, it was so important to me when I was 10, 11 years old when it came out. Um, like It was a big stepping stone. Like I've talked a lot about how Van Halen 1984 was my first like rock album, but yeah. Appetite for Destruction was the first one where I got into – as a young kid, I would have referred to as like the scarier stuff, you know, the yeah. stuff that seemed really edgy, like, oh, my God, I don't know. The hard shit. I don't know yeah. if I can trust these dudes. And they were a stepping stone <laughs> to me getting into heavier stuff. And on top of that, Appetite for Destruction is an album that even today I still listen to it and go, fucking A, man, it's great. Um, <laughs> I have no I literally have no. um no negative things to say about this one at all. I think it's the only thing that I think, um, um, there's no way to improve it, but there's a part of me that goes, I really enjoy in user illusion, how there's the other voices on it. I like hearing Izzy and Duff sing, but, um, maybe it would have made appetite for destruction a, uh, uh, less of a good album if they had done that. I don't really know. All we know is that it's perfect the way it is. And it is our joint number one guns and roses album. And so <clears throat> I got to do this for my wife because she likes it when we do it. Yeah, yeah we, we did, did it. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> she's like, have you been doing it every episode? I'm like, I think we've, we've missed out on a few, but, you know, 
<laughs> we should do it. If if I if I didn't think that we'd get some kind of copyright slap, I would I would just record it and put it into the episode itself, but <laughs> I'm afraid that it, that we'll have to fucking take down our episodes for that, but who knows? Anyway, uh, yes. So Guns and Roses has been ranked. There you go. You're welcome. But we're not done, folks. Well, we're done for today. They are yet to be slashed and mashed. So yeah. So next week, um, the second part of our two part special Guns and Roses uh, episode um, is not the ranking. It is called Slashed and Mashed, and we are going to go through. Um, both Use Your Illusion albums, take out songs that we think can go, and then put them together into one killer Use Your Illusion album. Um, and if this is successful, then maybe we'll, you know, we'll jump onto Load and Reload, and and um, I can't think of another one right away, but I know that's definitely one that we'll do. Um, yeah. But there's, I'm sure there's others that people can bring up, like, you know, maybe not even, maybe not even albums that were, are related, but albums that came out close together and are very similar um, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But that'll be next week. Um, and um, for those of you who are listening to this on YouTube, um, the the intention is to put it out as a video so you can see our beautiful faces as we argue through um, which <laughs> songs to remove. Clearly, if you if you paid attention to this episode, you know a few that I'm going to want to get rid of and a few that I'm going to want to definitely keep. Um, I am obviously we're keeping pretty tied up in locomotive cause we both, <laughs> we both got to the songs. We're like, yeah, <laughs> and you can be mine. could probably going to stay, I would say. Yeah. Um, but, um, I don't even know how we're going to do it. Like I figure we'll just, I'll try to keep some sort of track on paper of songs that are being removed. And, um, it'll be an interesting experiment for, for those of you who want to join us, um, next week. So that'll be, I don't know the date, September. 20 something. I don't know. It's whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever Wednesday that is. It'll be a video special of the first ever slashed and mashed for Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Um, and so that wraps up this episode of Cranked and Ranked. And before we go, cool. um, Eddie Sparks, do you have anything to say to the folks at home before we go? Uh, you want to step into my world? <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Really, you don't. Nah, if, it, nah, if it's if that's it if, if, the, if, if if the world is anything <laughs> like that song, I'm all like, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna sit this one out. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening, Peanut Butter Platypus, um, to you, the the lovely listeners who make it all through our shit and make this all worthwhile. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you uh, next week. You'll literally see us next week. Um, and before then, yeah. as usual, I'm gonna throw it over to Mr. Eddie Sparks to take us out. Dude, dude, I'm gonna watch you poo. (laughs) That was okay. I'm gonna leave that, leave all of that on there because I could just cut it off before you get to the poo part. But you know what? This is we're putting it all out there for the audience. I couldn't think of anything that rhymed, so I just thought of poo. (laughs) 